0: Falsha, Falsha! Falsha, Gail. Welcome to the Rebel Matters Podcast. Welcome back to the Rebel Matters Podcast. I should be saying, this is the 78th episode and the first one in a while. There have been a few things going on in the background that we've been doing to get ready for the next run of episodes. And the most significant of those is that Vicky Langen is now the producer of the Rebel Matters Podcast. Some of you might remember me mentioning Vicky in the past on the show because she was part of the team that went out to Palestine in February this year to open up the Ackley Palestine gym in a refugee camp. And Vicky is a Cork-based artist who has an absolute bucket load of projects and creative endeavours under her belt. So you can go and check out Vicky's own website if you want to find out a bit more about her. It's vickylangan.com V-I-C-K-Y dot com. So it's class to have Vicky on board to uh, help bring the podcast on to the next level and I want to say a massive welcome to Vicky, officially. And also want to say a really big thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show on Patreon because that is what has made it possible to have a producer for the show in the first place. This is the 78th episode of and the show has always gone so far, where I've kind of been like, right, okay, we're going to get to this landmark in episode numbers seventy-five was the last big one, so we're setting one hundred episodes as the next target, and setting a hundred patrons as the goal for the by the hundredth episode. And the best thing about the Rebel Matters podcast is you never know exactly where it's going to go. Uh, I didn't really envisage when I started it that there would be a team behind the podcast. And now there is, thanks to everyone who's been supporting the show on Patreon. And thanks to Vicky for coming on board. And hopefully when we get to the 100th episode, not only will we have some class new chats recorded and put out there into the internet world but um, who knows where we'll be we've got some really good plans over the next for over the next uh, number of weeks and months to bring us up to the 100th episode and it is uh, kind of exciting not knowing exactly where we're going to be but we're going to keep moving it forward and uh, seeing what we can do so thanks a million to everyone who has been supporting the show. This week's episode kind of came from a phone call that my brother Carra and I had together sometime last year in 2019, uh, Carra and I were chatting on the phone and he was like, here, I went and seen this play in the Calderland in Belfast. It's class, it's called Spliced and uh, a lot of it seems really relevant to uh, the the path that our lives have taken since we were um, back hurling with St. Paul's, St Paul's GA Club on the Shaw's Road when we were just wee lads to what we're kind of doing now. And the play is a one-man show by Timmy Creed. And Timmy is... An actor, obviously, because he has a one-man play called Spliced that we're going to be talking about in the show. But Timmy also kind of, uh, played Hurling for Bishop Town GAA and went away from the game for a while and came back to it. And the play, it's kind of like a really important perspective on uh, the culture within the GAA that doesn't get talked about as often as other aspects of it and it's also a very insightful intersection between sport and art and creativity and competition and those are among the things that we chatted about on this episode. This show was recorded during the lockdown, actually not too far into the lockdown really and at that stage all of the planned shows that Timmy had had been cancelled but I just logged on to the Spliced website which is spliced.ie s-p-l-i-c-e-d.ie and there's a whole host of new dates up on the website so it looks like Spliced is going back on the road there's the 19th of September, Casual Arts Festival, 16th of October, Blanchardstown, 17th of October, Kildare, see any Cork ones here. The 5th to the 9th of November, there's a run of them in Cork in Everyman. So you can go on and check this place website to see when the show is going to be on somewhere near you. It's on in Belfast, actually, 29th and 30th of October and the 22nd to the 26th of October in the Projects Arts Centre in Dublin. Cracker. It's even on a mail the 19th of October. Anyway, go and check out that website and see when it's on somewhere around um, near where you, wherever you are. It's a Cracker play. I actually, the first time that I met Timmy was after the play when it was on in the Glen GA Club here in Cork. And I helped to facilitate the post-show discussion Amongst members of the audience. And one of my favourite things about the play is that it's a real conversation starter. It sheds light on many of the very positive aspects of the GAA and our beautiful game of hurling. And it also opens up the conversation about aspects of the culture that exist, not only in the GAA, but in competitive sport. In general, especially in team sports and especially amongst men that are not as comfortable to talk about. But yet very, very important and a crucial part of any conversation in today's age. If we want to um, make sport uh, an enjoyable pastime, a sustainable one and a wholesome one. Which are all really important, and we also actually talked about the importance of play in this show, which is uh, which is also really important not not just in the context of competitive sport, but for all of us, and it has a bit of crossover there with another one of the episodes that are upcoming in the next couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that when the time comes. But one other thing I wanted to just have a little chat about before we get stuck into the episode here with Timmy is one of our past guests on the show and a really good friend of ours, Clara Sands, is currently uh, in the midst of a funded campaign to raise the funds so that she can make a new album. And as many of the guests in the last 15 or so episodes of the show have 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 kind of alluded to this is the time to support our local small local businesses and favorite artists in whatever way we can and Claire has a promo video uh, for this album which is class. Claire is an amazing artist an amazing musician and a very lovely person who deserves the support of anyone who likes her music and who wants to give her the opportunity to make this new album. Right now there are 12 days left on the funded campaign and it's 72% of the way there, 72% of the way to the target of €7,500 to make this new album. So if you're in a position to support Claire and support the making of this cracker new album then you can just go to fundit.ie and put in Claire Sands and you'll see all the details there and you can support it and even if you can't support it financially it's really worthwhile just going on there and sharing the campaign on your own social media so that other people can see it and we can all get together and chip in and get the funds together so that Claire can go and make this new album Anyway, let's get stuck into this episode with Timmy Creed that was recorded back in the kind of silence of the lockdown and the chaos of the lockdown at the same time. Our chat started off with me asking Timmy where the play came from in the first place and what the background to the play was. And we kind of went from there. So I hope you enjoy this chat and episode 78 of the Rebel Matters podcast with Timmy Creed.
1: I suppose it comes from, it comes from all the years of me playing, um, and unknowns to myself. There was obviously this story that was unfolding, um, that I was the main character of not knowing that it was ever going to take the form of a play, but, um, so it comes from, a, a, a real love and dedication to playing hurling football for years. And then it comes to a point when I stopped playing, to kind of pursue other things and uh, a, a career as an actor. And this moment where I feel like I have to start creating my own work within that uh, industry. And no matter how much I tried to escape it, the, the, the story that kept coming up was the story of, of the GAA. And, uh, you know, they say like some people say that the, it's, it's easiest to write from your experience, you know, and that was really my main, the main experience I had in life was through the GAA. So I, I, I was kind of laughing at myself that the only thing I could write about was the GA having tried to distance myself from it, uh, to kind of pursue other things and to, to try my hand at other things. So it was the, 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 the attempt to, to put something out in the world, uh, artistically was, the, was, was the, was the kind of next coming of the story. Then it was like the farming into the stage play of the story. So like, the play kind of like goes from
0: if uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, like, but look like from um, just remembering back to the time that uh, you did it up in the Glen, the, yeah. there's the period of time where you're kind of recalling your glory days playing for Bishopstown. And then yeah. there's the period of time after that, when you kind of go off and you're whatever, taking a break from playing and going and just doing other stuff. And yeah. then there's the period of time I guess there's kind of like a demarcation or somewhere along the line where you kind of return back to, to like, going back out, out onto the field. And yeah. then that's kind of three stages like that. When did the, like, what's the timeline there, like?
1: So, uh, I started playing when I was about seven. Um, and. I would have been the only one in the house that we I come from a family of six children, and I was the only one in the house to play sports. So that was kind of like my, that was the thing that kind of, uh, stood me out from everyone. So I kind of clung to that really, cause it was, uh, making me more of an individual as I grew up into my teens. And then we had a lot of success as a late teenager with the club into my early twenties. And then I stopped playing when I was, in two thousand and thirteen, properly, really, in um, when I was twenty five, and then I came back when I was like thirty. Um, so that's kind of the timeline. And in between twenty five and thirty, I I didn't play, and gradually uh, wanted l- uh, less and less to do with it, and uh, spent less time with the people that I would have been uh, with all my through the years growing up and. So then it kind of, it was, took me by surprise that I went back, but it was definitely necessary for the, for the show, but also for my own kind of, uh, uh, association and, uh, opinion of myself as a GA player, but also as the GA as a, a, you know, as a whole thing, I think. You know, like having seen the play and stuff like
0: that, and trying to think about like, how we are going to kind of, uh, Give, I guess, uh, a good insight into the background of the play and like your own experience and stuff like that. There, that, that five year period from your 25 to 30 is the period where you're connecting kind of off and experiencing different things and stuff like that. And yeah, like you're saying, kind of like wanting to move away from the from playing in a way and then finding yourself back. So, there's must be sort of a balance of like things that you valued very dearly about the GA and things that you wanted to try and get away from. And mm-hmm. that's kind of something that yeah. comes through in the play as well. So um, what, what were the things that made you kind of start to move away from wanting to play and uh, what elements of it like were, were trying to push you away at the time?
1: Um, I started to see that it was uh, there's kind of a single a kind of a, a, a single focus you know for when you when you play GA for a long time and you you know yourself you know when you when you the idea that it becomes the central thing that uh, you dedicate your 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 time to your physical time your 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 mental time you know your to be to be as good at, as, as as you want to be at it it requires a lot of mental and physical focus and energy and I started to, to to find myself become interested in other things and to, I want to explore other things. And I'm not sure if I was always like that or if some, there was just this things just started to seem different outside the world of the GA that I was interested in. And I kind of wanted to go out and just kind of pursue them and to, to have a, have a crack at things. You know, I think I'm the kind of person who likes to try do a lot of things as opposed to just focusing on one thing. Um, Maybe that's that's to my detriment sometimes, but it's that's the kind of thing I like to do, try a lot of things. And uh, seeing the dedication and the focus required, it made me feel like that I wasn't able to continue playing to the level that I wanted to and be able to pursue the other things. And then that's kind of the moment when I decided to stop playing. And then it wasn't until I stopped playing then that I got to see the kind of culture of it for what it was, you know, the kind of. um, there's the positives and the negatives to it, you know the the closeness of the 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 group mentality and the support of the lads and the the idea that you go out and you just physically throw yourself at something a number of times a week, you know that's such a that you get so much from you know but then the the idea that that can have that that influences the the mentality and it influenced the way I thought and it influenced the way I saw things i uh, from being so uh, focused on the, in the, within the group, you know, because a big group of uh, my friends who I played with would have been, we would have hung around together. We'd have played hurling together. So your whole life, my whole life circle, my whole social circle was around this, this team. And uh, unknowns to myself that, that that's the way I thought I had more of a group think as a po- more of an individual think. And I wanted to kind of, you know, I, I felt like I didn't have opinions on things that I I should have had opinions on because I hadn't given things much, enough thought. And the the idea that I had an individual uh, uh, mental capacity that I wanted to explore was one of the things that when I kind of saw it for what it was, I, I became quite interested in it. I suppose the thing with going to see a
0: play is you're telling your story and then everyone who's watching it ends up putting their own sort of spin on it. As it relates yeah. to themselves in a way, yeah. and I think whenever I was at the play, one of the things that, um, I suppose one of the things that resonated with me somewhat when I was watching it was the fact that when you're when you grow up and you're playing, I suppose it, it relates to GA, but I mean it relates to anything if you if you're doing something to uh, that requires a lot of time and dedication, and you're kind of focusing on one thing, whether you're like a swimmer or a golfer or. Mm-hmm a musician or whatever and you're just doing that and you're really focused on that there the the danger is probably something that happened to me as well whenever i was younger was that you start to build up this identity around that one thing Mm -hmm. which can become quite a narrow sort of um center of focus Mm -hmm. and then potentially like you potentially miss out on some of the the broader things but also from a personal point of view i kind of came to the realization that to have built up so much of your personal identity around doing one thing, regardless of what that thing is, it's kind of a dangerous place to live because of the fact that you're kind of on the edge of that identity falling to pieces when it's something so external. Like if you, for example, break your leg or for one reason or another, find yourself not being able to do that thing anymore. It kind of raises a lot of questions about where, where that's going to leave you after that. Mm -hmm. yeah was that something that that kind of totally like
1: yeah and uh I, I, i you know i've thought at length about this and because i've done the play around the place a lot of people have said different things to me you know and i remember i met this woman uh after i did it up in dublin one time and she said to me that her son is really interested in in sport as well you know but she saw the little piece of the play i did and she was kind of worried for him but then she said to me like isn't it brilliant to have a foundation in something, one thing. So then at least when you move out, you have a, you have a, what's the word I'm looking for. You can, w- with a foundation in one thing, you can like pit that against another thing, you know, uh, like, does like that make you, sense? You, like, can have,
0: you can have apply it to
1: other things. if you, know? can, you can, co- you can compare it. At least you have this, this grounding and this, this foundation of this thing. So this is what you are. So at least, uh, as you move out, you have a sense of something in yourself that you are. You know, um, that is quite one of the brilliant things about uh dedicating yourself to something. You know, but then the idea that it takes over your identity is, uh, yeah. I I, I just hadn't thought about it that, and I just I just um I thought it was nice that the, this woman that was her response to it. You know, the, um, and yeah, the idea then like that. Everything becomes comes through that identity is the is the worrying thing, because the your your eyes and your ears and your mind become attuned to the that identity, which is kind of a uh, it's a, it's an identity of a big, huge tribe. And it's that's the power of it, because it's, it's connected to such a big tribe. But the the individual identity doesn't matter as much. When you're a part of such a big tribe, you know, the the GA extends out from your parish to your county, to your country. It's it's nearly a worldwide thing. You know, you're connected into this massive organization. Um, And sometimes the more individual voices you have in it are, you know, like people like Joe Brally, who's like, you know, he just speaks fairly individually about it. But he's he seems like a rare, a rare creature, like in the world of the GA, someone who speaks kind of out for and against it, um, and that's as like as I got into my late twenties, I was kind of worried that I was so wrapped up in this identity. Was I going to be able to release myself from it to try and become more of an, an individual? And that is when that rattled me. Like you know, it definitely rattled the shit out of me that I had dedicated so much time to this thing and now I'd stopped and I wanted to pursue something else. And that foundation as a GAA man will say, uh, wasn't really serving me as an individual trying to pursue individual things. And, uh, it's, it's a slow unpacking still, you know, of that, uh, you know, it's not only the GAA mind, but it's like, a of a schooling, a schooling mind of the modern way or like, you know, this it's, it's multi-layered that uh, this way that I saw the world, you know, it's, 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 it's still evolving, but the, 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 the capacity to see things and uh, differently to, to the way I thought I could see them is kind of interesting and exciting, you know, and hard as well and confronting. It's really interesting hearing you talk about this and, one of the things that,
0: as I was saying earlier, like one of the things that's given me life at the minute has been able to do more podcasts and do them a bit more regularly and stuff yeah. with having more time at home. And I think one of the um, positive, other positive side effects of that is that uh, you get to have these conversations with people from different fields as such. Mm. And then, yeah, totally. Uh, but then having them quite close together, it means that, people's what people are saying is or it has been quite fresh in my mind you know i'm doing when i'm doing this one i'm thinking back to some of the stuff that has been said in the episodes over the last couple of weeks and there's been like uh, five, yeah, six yeah. episodes and then you start putting together things even though people are from different completely different fields you're like yeah what this is saying exactly the same thing as this other person said a couple yeah, it's days ago So interesting, uh, yeah, from yeah. two different walks of life and the thing that i'm thinking about right now is um just something that you mentioned at the very end uh, of what you said there about uh, the kind of element of not maybe not so got to do with specifically to do with the GA, but like to do with a kind of like schooling kind of thing where on um, Maisha Daw, who's in the Palestinian hip hop band Dam, uh, mm-hmm. who was came out oh, a few episodes ago. She was saying that like, you, you just keep hearing people saying, be yourself and be yourself and be individual and stuff. On one hand, but then on the other hand, there's so much out there that's trying to like put you in a box and like make you make you just sit on that chair or get into that box for a certain amount of time, and to break out of that then can become quite a challenge. But then, what you were saying there about the woman in Dublin, like I remember, I remember so many nights just lying in bed on my own, just thinking about hurling, <laughs> <and> thinking <laughs> and uh, and thinking like that i was getting so much of it even just as a as a young, as a teenager or whatever i was mm. thinking that um i was being in a way like the hard work that i was putting in was being rewarded by mm. the enjoyment of being able to play on the field and being able mm. and, and making new friends and getting um sort of mentorship from people who were older than me not just the coaches yeah. but the players that were older than me as well and then getting and then getting recognition for it as well you know from friends and family and people come people coming up to see your matches and stuff like that and then Mm. from a very young age i just kind of remember thinking i can definitely apply this element of like if i work hard at something or i'm creative with it then i'll get to see the sort of bear the bear the fruits of the labor later on which is something that like a hundred percent i've definitely applied to,
1: yeah, stood here. to
0: you know, like education and going to college and just setting up a business, all that kind of stuff definitely stemmed from the from an early age of um you know being able to learn that stuff on the field and in the dressing rooms and whatever and even thinking about it back at home and pucking around. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing though that struck me is that like the thing all those things are so valuable, really valuable it, insights into life and lessons in in life like the like the woman in dublin was saying then the other thing that you mentioned was that like like we have this game that's it's wild and it's free and it can teach you a lot and you get friends and you get life lessons and everything like that but then has it come to the stage where it's become so regimented that then it's kind of when you think about where the GA came from, where it was, it came from a place of uh, you know, the desire to get people to reconnect with their culture and their, their own identity, yeah. their own personal yeah. identity. And then the ironic thing is like, as Ken, you were saying is to at a certain level, it's come so far that we kind of like are possibly disconnecting from the personal identity because it's come to the level where it's, i don't know why that is Is because
1: it's so it's so um requires such a a large amount of time or what what is Mm. that like but yeah like i think i don't know like i'm not totally 100 percent sure about the foundation of the ga and like how it came about and all this you know i know the game the game has been played for uh a game like hurling has been played for maybe thousands of years like but i think you know like the 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 foundation of the ga was perhaps to do with uh the foundation of the state as well, you know, and having a—I could be wrong at this, so correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, like the the sense that you were had a a gathering of men in in case they were needed, but also to reaffirm the culture, to to help with the fight for the culture, and it felt like it had a mission, you know, and that people knew why they were playing and they knew what they were doing, like, and they knew why they'd gather, and there was a kind of overarching sense of of nationalism and in case they were called and they'd be there you know and i wonder is has that element of it being lost you know the 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 mission statement of it but is it a new mission now you know that's required um it's like it feels like the mission now is just to be as fit and as strong and to win as many all irelands as as you can which is a fair mission like if that's your mission it's fair like any any man's mission is his own mission you know but as a as a whole organization what is the mission you know is there is there, a, is there a mission for it? Um, and the more it becomes more professional and more about uh, winning and about developing as an athlete, the less of the culture, the cultural mission that perhaps it was founded on and perhaps is still there, but it's not as clear as um, as it could be, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably kind of what I was trying
0: to get at as well in the sense that like if if you like, this is obviously just kind of like daydreaming about people who were out playing hurling 100 years ago. Yeah, like they obviously weren't doing it to the same level that like I, I can see part heave out the window here, like, and it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's unbelievable that we have stadiums and thing and like those types of facilities built on what's essentially like an amateur organisation still, like yeah. as far as the players yeah. are concerned anyway. But um, the but they didn't have like a, places like that or uh you know the the focus i don't think was wasn't really as much on the top level winning at all costs because it Mm -hmm. wasn't about that like you were saying like when i think about a hundred years ago or whatever i'm thinking about people going to some field somewhere and playing a game against each other you know like after mass on sunday or something or at the end of the day's work whereas now Mm -hmm. to become even even to be uh uh, sort of like committed club player. Like there's a lot of sacrifice involved and other elements of your life. You can't do it without sacrificing other elements of your life. Like whether yeah. that's spending time with your family or making career choices, uh, having to drive to tra- like I know one of my friends drives for hours every week to go training hours. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. there, I suppose that does change the dynamic of, of what the whole thing is about really then doesn't it for a lot of people?
1: Yeah, if that's the level of the the time and commitment they're putting into it, then they kind of want something back from it. Is that what you're saying? Or I think maybe it's just that, like,
0: if if we're if the if if you're coming through the ranks of the GA and then the end goal is to spend is to give yourself over as fully as possible to yeah. performing and playing and training and getting there stuff, then other elements of your life are going to have to wait to be discovered yeah. I guess yeah. which I think is what which I think is like one of the things well, I, 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 I took away from your going to the play was like you don't have to wait until you're flipping 50 until to go and discover what what else is out in life just because you're playing yeah but I,
1: I think I, I think that's the thing like you know it's like what price at what price does this even when you were saying there you know uh having uh all the things you learn to be uh, uh about hard work and dedication that you've applied to the to the rest of your life you know but still, you'd you'd, you'd wonder like what, at what price to other parts of yourself uh, are you doing that, you know? And the 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 lessons that it teach you, but then the lessons that it doesn't teach you because of the uh, because of the sole focus and because of the dedication, uh, it's a kind of two two edged sword in a way. Um, but what you were saying there about um, oh, I forgot, I lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah, the the idea that I think even if you are wholehearted yeah, it's it to be wholeheartedly dedicated to something. I think to to see that you don't have to wait, like yeah, you, you don't have to wait. You can uh, there are there are depths in you that are occurring as you play hurling, actually, and as you go out and play, you know. And I suppose it's about allowing yourself to be open to the the the, the 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 other parts of yourself even when you're playing you know that uh, uh, maybe it doesn't seem so straightforward but you like you don't have to wait until you stop playing to to, to see who the other the, what, what, what the other things you're interested in can you can you explore them through actually just playing the game like through going training can the can the attitude that you have towards it just slightly uh, open slightly to the way you play it or the way you interact with it? Has a lot of the, the, say, your, the comment about the
0: play and the whole personal journey that, that you kind of, um, portray in the play got to do with a sort of stepping back from the collective, uh, team element of playing a team sport and yeah. quite committed to it to stepping back from that and kind of, it's kind of like a journey of self-discovery, like an inward journey of kind of reconnection with yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that what the play is about?
1: Uh, In a sense. Yeah. In in a sense. In a sense. It is about that. Yeah. Uh, That's one of the, and it's funny too, you know, because it's like, who is any, who is anybody to, 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 to claim that, you can do something differently to the way than the way you do it, you know. Or uh, I suppose you got to be wary about people who, who claim that. Who claim that they? Uh, uh, but that's kind of not what I'm saying. But yeah, the the uh, stopping playing GA it became because I was living a, a more individual life. It became a process of inward of uh, looking more inwardly to see. To uncover things about myself that I I that were sleeping and that they they were kind of waiting to 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 come out. The thing that I liked the most about the play
0: was the the exact same the exact thing that you just said there is like I didn't I never get the sense that I was there being told what to do. It, it was mm. mm. you sit you are sitting in the audience, think just watching your personal story, kind of. Yeah. unfold and then the kind of thing as you walk away is like you can do whatever you want with it like you can ignore it yeah it's like, yeah, like, yeah. just some mental person running around yeah. the stage there and just forget about it or you can yeah. if it connects with you on a certain level then you can decide to kind of like explore it a, a little bit further yeah um, yeah which was a really nice thing to to kind of be, be part of um the yeah what the thing that i was going to ask you though if um fancy talking about it is when you went off and uh, kind of um undertook that kind of journey of personal discovery like Mm. looking back on that now even though it's probably never ended journey really for all of us but like looking back on it from this point is are there things that you you look back and think holy shit that was a really big
1: lesson that i learned from that period i spent i spent time in canada definitely for over a year and it's funny how the, the 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 sole focus of that became about snowboarding, which is like, you could say in a way similar to the sole focus of hurling, you know, and the want to get better at it. And except it was this individuals, it's an individual sport, you know, and you go up there with a group of lads, we'll say. And but then as soon as you get off the chairlift, you're on your own, you know, and it's like this, it's this exploration of, of self and and body and mind as well, you know, except you're in this kind of amazing natural landscape, and very privileged to be able to do that like um and there's something about the individual physicality of that 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 was new to me and without anybody watch anyone's fucking eyes on me because I was always like a fucking skinny lad like you know I always knew that I was never strong I was never really strong enough to as the game progressed as well you know I, there was more pressure on me to lift more weights and I I I resented that pressure and I resented the eyes of the managers being like you're not strong enough you know and I I fucking that used to bother me because there was guys just bigger lads on the team than me that I'd never have the same strength, but I had other, I had other, I had other skills, but as the game, as weights became more of a thing, those skills weren't as important. It was more about putting mass on your bones, you know? Um, But to to see this kind of flowy, floaty uh, sport in snowboarding was definitely made me really excited that. This is actually, I know people don't really do it in Ireland. That's why I'd, I'd never, ever experienced it. I'd never seen a mountain that was had snow on it. And then to see this whole, it's a really, it's a really sporty world as well, you know, except it's just this different kind of, you know, it's got individuality, it's got style, it's got colour, it's got um, backflips, <laughs> but, uh, and then from that, I, 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 I started to do a lot of yoga when I stopped playing, which was also it's funny how these relate back to physicality, which is obviously really important to me, you know. Um, and then in the yoga, the yoga became about physicality, but it was more about using the physicality to explore the the mentality, which was uh, that was a whole new thing for me, like to be able to sit uh, after a yoga practice and to just to be with yourself and to, to constantly check into yourself as you're doing something, which is something that I've learned from from doing it is, is, is a way that I can, I can be out in the world, you know, just uh, feeling into how I'm feeling. Um, And then I started to experiment with magic mushrooms when I, I think that was only like five years ago that I, I realized uh, that you could, you could pick them in Ireland. And uh, it was like this light bulb moment of, okay this is another world as well that i've totally just i've totally missed it you know it wasn't on my radar at all and it obviously it obviously was going to come to me at some point because it did and that was another big turning point in the in the i think it's within it was with the natural world really more than anything else and i had, I had started a role a road of kind of uh Navel gazing, I don't. Uh, and then the mushrooms kind of opened up this whole other world of connection with the natural world, with the the world as the universe as a whole thing, you know. Um, uh, that the, yo- the yoga was kind of kind of bringing you there but it was it was still kind of inward whereas the the mushrooms really expand out to the the possibilities of existence and who we all are together on this small little little ball at this at this moment you know yeah uh, and i think that can that continues like uh, the good thing about the mushrooms is they come back every year you know and uh, they they allow you another opportunity to explore the relationship with them the relationship with the self and the relationship with the outside world. And, uh, there are three big things, definitely. And they're weirdly all completely connected. Um, but also completely separate in their own ways, you know, and now as I, as I continue, like they become more and more morphed into the one thing, you know, they become, they're all kind of more connected to an essence of something. than. At the time, they were all quite individual. So it sounds like stepping back from
0: sort of being a part of a group and kind of undertaking more individual pursuits mm. seems to have kind of reconnected or opened up some some sort of like a portal to your creativity that might have been sounds like might have, you might not have been able to express that fully as part of as being part of a kind of a, a collective or a team
1: with that? Yeah. Is that somewhat accurate? Uh, I think it is. And I think the finding of my voice, you know, and the finding of the individuality has come with me spending time uh, doing things on my own, I think. Uh, and the fact that the play was about the GA, I couldn't have, have written the show about the GA from being still within, within it. I think I had to, come outside of it to see it and to see myself outside of it and what I was like in it and to come back into it to have a perspective on it that I felt was worthy of sharing you know I think if, if I stayed in it I I wouldn't have had the same perspective that I would have have now and if I hadn't gone back I wouldn't have had the same perspective that I do now as I would have before I went back uh so the need to to find a voice and find a to find some sort of an individual understanding was definitely uh, important to the, the the staging of the play.
0: Another re- really cool thing that I thought coming away from the play that time was that Hurling Her- is inherently, in its purest form, an extremely creative thing to do. Yeah, Because totally. of the skills that are involved and mm. uh, even to the rules of the game and the endless possibilities of things that you can do with the ball and do with yourself and all the, how everything just interacts with each other. And to hear you talking about the individual things that you went off and did in that time, whenever you left and went to Canada, say, for example, Mm. um, the thing that I was thinking when I was coming away was that like, for people who see the play and who are kind of tuning into the message that you're delivering, through the playing and through even through talking about it, which is a really important part of the whole thing as well, I think um, is that like you could reconnect to your kind of like individual voice and that whole sense of like creativity and being able to express yourself with the game of Hurling as well, only just to Mm. view it through the red kind of lens and to kind of reconnect with yourself as a person through the game, like you were saying earlier, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. And, um, it took me to, to 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 go away from it, to to understand the to see the creative side of it and to see the creative side of myself. Whereas I I just didn't have the tools or I didn't have the awareness that I could I could think about it in that way or I could I could think about myself in that way. Um, and it's 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 kind of as simple as just, you know, like Allowing the possibility within yourself of the create of the creativity and the the openness to to you know even the 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 smallest things could could actually mean something else to you as opposed to the habitual regular way you see things and it's just the 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 awareness and the 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 excitement that one could be creative with kind of anything, you know, um, and that everything is creative and it's not just a regimented, uh, you know, that's the love-hate relationship with hurling as well. You know, you, you see the beauty of it and the, the the creativity of the game and the the connection with other people and with with yourself and with something that's ancient and that is kind of even hard to grasp when you're playing it. But that there is this regimented nature to it too. That often you find lads who get fucking pissed off about it because they have to do all this training and they have to dedicate so much effort, you know. Whereas, uh, I suppose it's about mentality, isn't it? Like how you view it. If if you've made the decision that that's what you want, that's what you want to do, and that's what you want want to play, how how can you can you remove the idea of this regimented? uh, kind of rigid mentality and s- open up the possibility that it's a more malleable creative um endless space of other possibilities as well and that might sound like a bit fucking uh, impossible or something but uh i think the the habitual way we interact with things can be changed and it can be it can be flipped uh uh in an instant, maybe it sounds too simplistic, but it can, you know, like with anything, you can just change your perspective on something. Uh, maybe it, maybe it happens over, it needs to happen over time, but the 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 idea that you can think differently about something just when you think about it differently. So, but I wonder, can you play the game in, in a different way than the way you're used to playing it?
0: Like that raises a, a good few like, really important questions, I think. And just uh, you mentioned Joe Brawley earlier. I think I think I might have heard him saying there during the year about. <coughs> How he he was kind of just lamenting the fact that Gaelic football had become so much about the the kind of regiment and the training and other, even the other training that you do outside of the football training, and and that it was questioning whether the joy was being taken out of the game for a lot of players because of the the amount of travel and the amount of training and everything else that goes on around it, and not to say that we would want our games to like go back to the way they were a hundred years ago or anything. But mm, at the same mm. time we're going along a certain path where yeah, the, yeah. the performance and the winning has become the main thing. A lot of the time we're mm. maybe now we are going back to the coming around full circle where we start to reconnect with the creative side of it. And yeah, like, yeah, I kind of, I guess kind of have a bit of a unique enough perspective in this, in that like I've worked with a lot of hurling and football players at Like Mm. at all levels, whatever, just through the kind of strength and conditioning work and stuff like that. And one definite thing that, you know, it's a stark contrast to how a 12-year-old goes out to play Hurling compared to how a 25-year-old goes out to play Hurling. Mm -hmm. Because the 12-year-old's going to play and there's a certain, I think there's a large element of that playfulness that gets lost somewhere along the way for yeah. the adult player, which for me is kind of like the one of the, it's a real pity if that is the case, you know what I mean? Because play is such an important part of life and it's such a joyful thing mm, to be able totally. to do and to start off in something where you're where you're playing and then end up in something where you're not playing anymore. You're just going to do it because you have to win are two completely mm-hmm. different things. And I think like what you're saying there is right. And it's like, it's a matter of perspective, whether... You decide to engage with the playful side, even as an adult player.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, imagine if if you're playing wing back, like, and some fella just leaps up, he whips the ball from you, he puts you on your ass. You're landed on the ground, and you watch your man from the ground just put bearing the ball over the bar. You know the like the absolute idiocy, idiocy and foolishness of the fool he made of you. You know, can you? Can you rejoice that like with with him, you know, and to uh, accept the challenge that he went, he he stepped out together. And in that moment, he made an absolute fool of you. And isn't that fucking brilliant? And he's it's up to you to to make to, to to put the give him the foolish, the foolish fucking stand the next time, you know, like it's that it's a it's a passing of joy. You know, it's not this like bitter hatred and that you inwardly give out you inwardly bash yourself after that moment and then the next ball has to be there's even more pressure pressure on you for the next ball you know it's this like it's like this exchange of no you're an idiot no no you can be i'll let you lead this one like it's not quite as formal as that but the the essence of that you know that that we're all just there to play and when you're made a fool of to be like yeah accept the acceptance of it you know that it's not a harsh reality it's a beautiful reality whatever happens you know Um whether you win or lose like and uh babe. yeah like that perspective is something that i think
0: is priceless because mm. actually a few years ago i was involved in making a documentary about um the sort of mental health and how how the mental health crisis in Ireland um, has, I mean, it's impacted every, every town fillers in Ireland hmm. and the GAs in every town and village in Ireland as well. And hmm. so we went around just kind of going to different GA clubs and talking to people who has um, had bereavements connected with the suicide. Hmm. And, uh, you know, a, a part of, it, it's not to say like it, it, it was just, I guess, I mean, the pressure that comes with playing a sport where you feel like, uh, like, I think there's a difference between that thing that you were saying about, like, <laughs> oh, he made a fooler to me, I'm going to make a fooler to him the next time, and then it's playful. There's a big difference between that and getting the ball taken off you and your man buries a goal in the back of the net, or you play shit and then you go home feeling like shit. I mean, mm. it's basically the same kind of thing happened on the field except you're going away yeah one of them thinking you had a great time and the other one you're going home thinking you're a failure and i think Mm -hmm. that from a mental health point of view the kind of um description that you gave of how playing can be actually playful is a really important thing as it relates to
1: mental health as well Mm. yeah and the i don't think the pressure of it the, it's a pressure cooker in a way, you know. Being um, being part of any group actually is a, is, a, is a pressure cooker because you put yourself on the line and you, you you acknowledge the unwritten contract is that you're part of this group and you're going to give everything for this group and if it doesn't work out that way, then it kind of comes back on you. But uh, that's in one. That's in the kind of. Uh, the, nearly the material kind of everyday sense of it, the kind of in the the physical sense of it. But if you kind of, if you zoom out slightly from that agreement, you see the utter kind of joy. And sometimes we can't see the joy in the thing when we're actually buried in it, because we just, we we're we're blinded by, you know, we get so into the thing, so into the match or the, the, whatever it is, the relationship or the thing that, we actually can't see the joy in it because we're so entangled in our own head as to how we're going to do it, that we, we, we can't see that actually it's, it's, it's a lot simpler and, um, and softer and uh, joyful than maybe we give ourselves credit for, you know, because we put so much pressure on ourselves to be as good as we can for the group. It would be fair to say as well, though, that a
0: lot of that pressure does come from external sources because of the fact, like, I mean, from a young age, like, I know things seem to be changing a bit now, like, but um, I remember, like, I remember, <laughs> I know things from being <laughs> under 14, like, I remember our coach, Paul Crossy, who was chain smoking cigarettes in the, in the dressing room at a time at half time, banging his hurley off. The table, and like, do it for Uncle Paul, he's chain smoking, and then there'd be you no know, like, there would be huge pressure to go out there and like beat the living shit out of the fellas on the other team and yeah. stuff. But at the same time, you know, like, obviously, we loved it. Um, but then as you move into the adult ranks, the the pressure to perform and the pressure the pressure to win it's not just a personal pressure, it does come from outside sources as well. But I mean, I think the, the most valuable thing to realize is that that kind of pressure is pressure that you can decide to release at any stage because you can just sort of get to the place where you're not taking the external pressure on to your own shoulders and then decide to play the game in a creative way, which kind of like ironically is gonna make it more
1: possible that you're gonna win. Yeah uh, it's it's yeah. it's 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 yeah it's it's a it's a weird this Playing anything, like, you know, and dedicating your time to anything, it has a weird, uh, there's always two sides to it. And, uh, the more you dedicate to something, uh, probably actually most, nearly more, more times than not, the better you will get at it. And, uh, not necessarily the more joy you'll get from it, but, uh, I think maybe we like to think that the better we get at something, the more joy we get from it. But that actually isn't always the case, you know. Um, that sometimes the the, the 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 more we put into something, we can actually end up bleeding the life out of it, you know, because we have we we're holding it in too high a regard as that as has potentially negative effects on us. I think that that like kind of goes
0: back to like that's the whole point of playing an amateur sport is that you're doing something because you love doing it. Mm. And you're not, Mm. you're not forced to make a living out of it as such. And it kind of is an era of sort of like quasi professionalism in the GA where the standards are expected to be professional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the players are amateur.
0: And I think that maybe the negative side of that is that, you know, the way they, that thing they say that if you, if you start doing the thing that you love as a job, then like what you said, you kind of get, it drains the joy out of it. Like, yeah, possibly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally, like yeah, totally. I suppose it's just, just checking into the checking into the reason why you're why you're up there in the first place. You know, the reason why you're doing it is because you or whatever for whatever reason you're doing it to remember that. I suppose because uh, when something becomes so uh, central to your life, the the stakes of it are increased and um, the uh, our interaction with it becomes more intense because. You know, it's like when you're in a relationship with someone for years, like, you know, um, at the beginning, you kind of say any say anything. Well, maybe you could say anything all the time, but who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, like it gets to the point where like the stakes, you've been together for so many years. So the stakes of it are increased that if someone says something about something, it has the potential to really damage things. Then you can't go back. You know, it's like, yeah, like so when you play something for so long or you dedicate, you know, like I've been I've been acting for like 10 years, you know, so like the, the, the stakes of it is like, um, I build up the, my, my interest in it increases and my, the energy I put into it increases and, um, the what's on the line is, is, is for some reason, it seems to be, um, it increases the more you do it, like the the more important thing that the thing becomes to me. And the more I I tell myself that this is the road I'm on, then the more serious, uh, I should be taking the road, you know, whereas always in acting, they're telling you like to play, like, and to, to fuck up and to fail and to like, not take it seriously. The minute you start taking it seriously, you lose the element of play and you lose the fun and you lose the joy. Uh, as to why you're doing it but then on the other hand i i i I want to be focused and i want to be dedicated and i want to work hard but it's like both things exist in the same in the same moment this idea of you taking the thing seriously but also you being able to just fuck the thing out the window and say this is all a fucking crack you know it's um i suppose there's a fine balance there it's same with a relationship or with a job or anything you know it's like a and I suppose we're constantly going from one. It's the same as our, with our mental health as well, isn't it? Like we're constantly going from one into the other, like uh, hopefully. And one teaches us about the. One is constantly teaching us about how to how to do the other, do the other, like the, the, the play and the serious and the dark and the light. That's the thing, like is in
0: there's there's the balance, like the yin and the yang or whatever. And that's, yeah. that's what makes the whole thing work. And if you have yeah, t- too much that, of one that, or that, too much of other, then it's not going to work. That,
1: and that's so, that's so embedded in like seeing as we're talking about hurling, like, you know, it's so embedded in a, in a hurling match or in a hurling moment, you know, Um, uh, the ball goes in between two guys, you know, one guy is going to come away with the ball and it's, it's just a balance, you know, it's in the exchange. It has everything. It has all the emotions, but one person has to feel one way in one moment and the other person has to feel the other way in the other moment. And then, it's just like this exchange that's that's happening um, between the players, and yeah. And in, in, in a way, like, they kind of go
0: back to the whole thing about like, um, like the beauty of hurling as a game is it, it it contains all the elements of like the sort of yin and yang within the game. Like when you think about like Dame Rose Sullivan putting your man on his back in the Limerick match yeah. years ago and i banging the yeah. ball over the bar from about 140 yards or something and then you think about uh, like I can remember in the 1999 All-Ireland quarter final John Troy who was playing for roughly against Andrum in Croke Park scored this goal where he just like tapped the ball on the ground popped it into his left hand did a little dummy and then just buried it in the back of the net and it was kind of like watching a ballet dancer or something like that I, I know this is like which is unreal it's just like having a deep philosophical chat about um <laughs> this and yeah, yeah. like, and this moment and then kind of digging in a little bit but then let's mm. say hypothetically speaking and um that something like that happens in a game and then the person yeah. comes away with it being like fuck it that was class and sure i mean it was just a moment of time and it's gone now and the next time could be me getting floored or whatever yeah and then yeah i mean that's a perspective that takes that pressure away in many respects because totally. otherwise, the, the, like we're kind of getting into a conversation about how much effort we put into maintaining sort of like an ego about ourselves, which is kind of like something that we manufacture ourselves and put as a yeah. front that takes Spot up a lot of me. energy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like the futility of that moment, it's just one moment, but it becomes this lifelong part of him, you know? It's like. It's just a fleeting moment that disappears and then it's the next ball and it's the next moment and it's how you how you interact with the next ball, whereas for some reason that becomes this like iconic moment, like blown out of all proportions.